Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. And I'm going to read that one verse. I should have done it in the other order, but I don't have anything written down. I'm sorry. I'm going to be speaking from my heart, and that usually means that I'm going to go over time, but I'm going to, I'm watching the clock this time. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, which simply reads, Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. And the other passage that I wanted to take you to was in Hezekiah, because I'm still enjoying the kings. And um, in Hezekiah, or <laughs> Hezekiah, in Second Chronicles chapter 32, uh, verse 24, Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 24, Hezekiah is on his deathbed. In those days Hezekiah was sick to the death and prayed unto the Lord. He spake unto him, he gave him a sign. He gave him a sign. And if you read the um, parallel passage there, I believe it's Isaiah 38, and we're not going to do that, but what was that sign? God made the, the dial of the clock to go back. Remember that. that. That's quite the sign. Imagine that. Okay? Obviously, it was a miracle. There's no human explanation for that. But the, the message in there is that God gave him time. Right? The dial on the clock went back. God gave him time. And God did, did give him time because um, God extended his life for 15 more years. So continuing to read here, Second Chronicles 32, verse 24, verse 25 now. But Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done to him, for his heart was lifted up. And uh, we'll stop there and we'll just... Uh, <clears throat> make a few comments here. God gave to Hezekiah the greatest gift that he could ever give. And that's the gift of time. It's a greater gift than riches. It's a greater gift than anything that you can possibly imagine, humanly speaking. It's a greater gift than material possessions than fame, than fortunes, than friends. He gave him time. God gave him time. It says, But Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done unto him, for his heart was lifted up. God gave him time. And I was thinking about that. What was it that God or the husbandman gave to that fig tree that was not bearing fruit. Because he said, Why cumbereth it to ground? Cut it down. And the servant said, Give it more time. Give it more time. Give it another year. And then let's see if it brings forth fruit. What did Hezekiah do? with the time that God gave him, this great gift that God gave him. Well, we read, actually. We, we continue to read in verse 27. It says, Hezekiah exceeded much 
and riches and honor. And he made him treasuries. That's what he did with the more time. He made treasuries. What else did he do? It says in verse 28, he made storehouses. What else did he do? He made stalls. This is what's recorded, what he did. What else did he do? Verse 29, he made cities. Possessions of flocks and herds in abundance. That is the the record of what Hezekiah did with this, this time that he was given. And then it goes on to say that Hezekiah stopped the upper water course of Gihon and brought it straight down, etc. So he was, you know, an engineer at heart. And he, uh, he did things that were, you know, an engineering marvel perhaps at the time. Some technical um, abilities that Hezekiah had. And then it goes on in verse 31 to say that uh, he... He entertained the princes and the ambassadors of of Babylon, and he showed all that was all the riches of of uh, of Judah. And then it goes on to say that God left him to try him, that he might know all that was in his heart. And then that's all we read. And then and then he died. And then of course we. Uh, go on to read in the next chapter that Manasseh, his son, took the throne. Manasseh was 12 years old. In other words, he was born during that time that God gave Hezekiah. And Manasseh was a wicked king. He was a wicked king, one of the worst. I mean, following on the heels of one of the best comes one of the worst. So I would have to imagine that something happened in that period of time where there was a failure. There, there, that's the assumption. I could be wrong. But the assumption is that there was a failure to at least adequately instruct and communicate and to give to his son what he needed by way of the spirit of Hezekiah but if you read the record of <clears throat> the last few years of Hezekiah's life, there's nothing in there to indicate. There's nothing in there to indicate that there was done uh, for the kingdom. You know, you read in other kings, certainly in Hezekiah's life, but other kings, Jehoshaphat in particular, where it's recorded that God or that Jehoshaphat he he did things. He he sent out the the priests and the the Levites to every city, and he they taught the law of God. And there was much good that came out of that. And there are things that, that were done. But not, not here. We don't read that in this case. And uh, it's, it's a little bit of a sad situation. And that's why I read for us in Ephesians chapter 5. Because whatever we may think about Hezekiah and the miracle of the extra time that God gave him, God has given to us, friends, all the same thing. We all have this gift tremendous gift of time every one of us on this call because we're alive and we're breathing 
God has given us one more day. And, and let us not take it for granted, but redeem the time. Because the days are evil. Three just real quick thoughts about this verse. We are made to understand from even just this short verse the preciousness of this time. And we're not just talking about the dials on a clock. Not just talking about the, the months and the years that God gives us. We are talking about not just the chronology of time. We're talking about the opportunities that God has given us. And has he ever given us opportunities? We're living in a black, dark, wicked it's it's a vacuum of truth. There's nothing of of the light. Pockets here and there, okay. But for the whole, it's dark out there. That's an opportunity. I see that as opportunity. Every generation had opportunity. We are no exception. You have opportunity in your home. You might be thinking, "Well, I'm not a preacher. I don't I'm not a missionary. I don't even get out very much." You have opportunity in your family. God has put you there. You know, when I was sitting um, beside uh, this young fellow, Alex, on the plane, you know, I wasn't sitting beside every single person on the plane. Sometimes you can think, how am I going to reach all these people? Wait a second. God has put him beside me. He didn't put me beside everybody else. He put me beside him. God has put things in your life. I, I, I don't... You know, you look at someone like Linda B. I don't know if you all know Linda B. She's on the call often. She's on the call often. And she's not on today. But she's on the call often. She is um, homebound for the most part. And she finds herself in the hospital over and over again. But even there, where you don't feel like, well, I can't even get out, you have opportunity. God brings people into your life. I just want you to see that. I don't want you to... Fall for the trap of thinking, well, I can't, or I don't have what that person has, or I'm not a street preacher, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. God has given you opportunity. He's given you opportunity every Sunday. Whenever you gather with God's people in church, you have opportunity every Sunday to be an encouragement to some other brother who might be dragging their feet in discouragement. You can be saying, I'll pray for you. And, and then actually pray for them. You can mean it. You have opportunity every Sunday. You have opportunity in your work, you know, even when you travel, as, as I did. You know, I wasn't going to beat myself up, but you know what? I, I just pray whenever I'm in those situations, what, when I'm traveling, I don't put myself under a lot of pressure. I just ask the Lord, and I say, Lord, if you want me to talk to this person, open the door. Either have him uh, open the door for me or open the door in my own heart so you make me want to talk to him. Okay? So, Lord, I'm willing, but open the door. And in that case, by the way, just, just anecdotally, you know, he, he's a young person. He was a young person. He had his headphones in. He's on his phone, you know, and all this. And I'm like, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I didn't want to shoehorn myself into into that. So I just said, I just I just kept praying, Lord, just if you want me to, just open the door. 
And I don't even remember how it happened. That's just that's how how the, these things go. But somehow the door opened, and you know what? You know what it was. I think all of a sudden I saw him like I saw my son, because he was about the same age. And I thought, you know what? He's he's about the same age as my son, my older son, Calvin. And all of a sudden, my heart just went out to him, like I I, I care about him. And and so I just I asked him. It's it's good to see you. You seem kind of young to be on this flight, um, you know, whatever. And then and then off to the races. And by the way, he happened to be in the computer. He's a computer programmer. So God God gave that opportunity because we had something that we can share and talk about. We were talking shop for for the first while, and it was great. And then we switched things over. <clears throat> anyway. Opportunity, opportunity. Just ask God. Ask, just ask God. Lord, give me opportunity. Don't force the issue, but Lord, give me the open door. Either open my own heart, make me want to, or open the opportunity outside of me. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing, really quick, is that we have to redeem it. We have to buy it back. There is an act- activeness here. Friends, don't be. Don't let the. Don't let the sands of the hourglass just fall like that don't let it empty just passively just watching the days go on there is there is a command here to redeem it we have to buy it back it's something that maybe we've lost and and not uh, not one of us couldn't say could say that we have taken advantage of every opportunity we've lost plenty of opportunities but the years that the locusts have eaten, God says that he can restore them. There is a buying back. I'm going to buy back everything that I have lost. And so there's, there's activity here. And the, and the last thing I'll just say is because the days are evil, there's a reason why this needs to happen. It's because we're living in evil days and our time is short. There's going to come a time when the last grain of sand will fall. After that, it's done. We're done. There's no more working. The night comes when no man can work, and that's it. Can you can you project yourself to that day? You know as well as I do that you'll wish you had more opportunity. That day is going to be is going to come and it'll be over. And I think part of the, I know there's no sorrow in heaven. I know that, but if I had to, you know, think in a human sense, part of the sorrow could be that how wonderful heaven will be and how how just overwhelmed we'll be with with the with the privilege and the glory of it all that we we will have wished that we could have done so much more for the Lord. We will have wished if we we can if we had the opportunity to go back and do it all over again, we would do it all over again. And ten times more, you know, because all this, and yet, here we are. We're not dead yet. We have opportunity. We're not in the grave where we can't praise the Lord. We're in the land of the living, every last one of us. So, I want to encourage you, friends, redeem the time. Buy it back. Every opportunity, and you have them, just like I have them. You have them because the days are evil. 
Amen.